0: Hello there, ladies and gentlemen of the internet. It is me, Ryan, aka da Boss back again with another episode of the BossCast podcast. Today, guys, I wanted to discuss my personal experiences and a little bit of back history as well as some unique functions of the PlayStation 2. I'm sure all of you listening out here have played the PS2 at one point in your life, but I'm sure there's a handful of people who have never experienced the console personally, although I'm willing to bet most of you out there have at least heard of this console. I wanted to talk about the PS2 today because this is probably my favorite console of all time. It A lot of the games that I love playing aren't on the PS2-centered, but in terms of consoles, my personal experiences, and games I have played using the PS2, it would definitely be the PlayStation 2 as my favorite to use, especially nowadays. Um, with a lot of games that I've gone back and played that I've never experienced before being on the PS2 as well. So, with that in mind, I want to start by delving into a little bit of the back history of the PS2, starting with the release window. The PlayStation 2 released back in October 26, 2000, here in the United States, and a big selling point of the PS2 back when it first released, besides being amongst the sixth generation of consoles, as well as taking advantage of laser disc Well, not laser disc, but Disk technology, um, which was a big thing at the time. It was also portable as a home movie device, in a way, as well. A big thing back in those days, for those of you who were younger, uh, and remember those days pretty well. I wouldn't personally, because I was born in 98, so obviously I was a two-year-old kid. I wouldn't have known about any of this stuff back in those times, but for those of you who are bit older than I am and were kids at the time, you understand that movies and media in general were all moving to disc-based technology, and the PlayStation 2 took full advantage of that, not just with the games that were releasing on the console, but with being a portable movie theater. Now, I'm not saying it was the most efficient way to play movies on back in the day as well, because I'm sure DVD players were a much major upgrade in comparison, but the PS2 didn't just play the video games, it could also play movies amongst other functionalities taking advantage of that kind of technology. So there was two major selling points right off the bat for people who wanted to play the games, but also people who wanted to have the convenience of watching movies on a game console. And I think that's what really helped elevate the PlayStation 2 to become the best-selling console of all time. Um, When it comes down to that particular logistic of the PS2, which is a claim to fame it has held for many years now, since 2000, I know some people might argue that the PS5 and other modern consoles have sold more than that, but in the case of the PS5, for example, I don't think that's a comparable example because, first of all, a lot of those units haven't even really shipped out to people who have ordered them yet. They have a very low stock, and the supply hasn't been very great. The demand is obviously out there. There are people that really want this console, and there are a lot of people who have the console as of current, uh, when I'm doing this episode anyway. But there's also a lot of consoles that aren't even out yet and everything else, so there's just been a shortage just because of the demand. Demand of it, And I would argue still that the PS2 is still the better selling console um, of the console generations that we currently have as of now. So for those of you who have that argument, uh, I feel free to have the opinion, I suppose. But to me, the PS2 is still the best selling console just because of that technicality stuff. It was just like a bit of a brief overview. The main the thing that I want to get into is my personal experience. Just want to provide a bit of context because in truth, because it released back in 2000, it's 20-some years old. The fact that the PS2 still holds it to this day and the fact that it took advantage of technology present at the time in the early 2000s as well as functioning as more than just a game console, I think really helped elevate it in sales and popularity in general, both back when it released and obviously nowadays because it has a fantastic legacy with the console release as well as the various different games that have released on it um i'm thinking back to my own personal history with it i think i was about eight or nine years old when i got my first ps2 which would have put the time that i got my first playstation to 2006 2007 somewhere in there um it was on one of my birthdays and whatnot and a uh, family member gave it to me um as a gift it was one of the white slim ps2 consoles um which i still have to this day actually that console survived for many years and i've used the crap out of it uh in general, not just for using movies, but obviously I played a ton of games on it over the years, but I got it for my birthday one year and we hooked it up. we had a, in my house. We had a room uh, called the playroom where we had like a bunch of like our toys and like game setups and stuff like that in there. When uh, when I was younger, and I remember playing the PS2 there. And the first game that I remember playing, I think, was a NASCAR game. It was a racing game of some sort. I don't remember exactly what game it was, but I know it was a racing game, and I'm pretty sure it was one of the earlier NASCAR games that released on the PS2. So it's obviously not a game I'm ever going back to or anything like that. But that's like my first early memory with play playing a particular game on the PlayStation 2 console itself. As the years had gone on, the PS2 um, became my go-to console to play pretty much every game. With the, it was the PS2 and my Game Boy Advance, which I might do a Game Boy Advance-centered podcast episode, but we'll save that for then if I decide to do that. But the PlayStation 2, I played a lot of PS1 games and obviously PS2 games on there as well. There's a quite a few games I'd like to give a shout-out to that I uh, and discuss that I had played uh, leading up to, I guess, where I am now in life that <laughs> I remember playing over the years when I was a kid. I will say the PS1 I had prior to the PS2, and I played quite a few different games on the PS1 as well, but I'm going to include the PS1 games with my, PS2 game, with my PS2-centered discussion, just because I prefer the PS2 and the PS1 games worked the exact same way, and that was another selling point of the PS2. It was backwards compatible for all PS1 games as well, hence elevating it even further, you know, it has other functions besides just being a new game console that came out at the time. So, starting off with the PS2 games and whatnot that I had played, outside of that first racing game that I would experienced when I first got it for my birthday, um, some early games I remember playing on the PS2 from the PS1 era was the original Crash Bandicoot, a really, really good platformer. The Crash Bandicoot series is among one of my favorite video game series out there. And I remember when I was a kid playing the first Crash Bandicoot in general, I was really bad at it. (laughs) The level structure and the difficulty curve for me back in those days, I had little to no experience with, and I just... The problem with the original Crash in general is, while it was a really solid platforming game in general, the controls and the tankiness of Crash's movements just don't really work that well for me, especially whenever I was playing the game as a kid. I couldn't get past the first island area, I got past the first I think I got up to Jungle Rollers like the most consistently that level and then after that, once I started getting to like the waterfall level and then the Ripper boss fight I just completely gave up, I never really got farther than the Ripper boss fight I went back and replayed it a little while back and I got farther because, you know, obviously older, have more experience, but I couldn't get much farther, I didn't really get much farther in the game because the game on the PS1 uh, is very outdated, it's a classic in itself and it should be remembered but playing it nowadays, you're better off playing the Insane Trilogy Remaster, but I remember playing the original Crash, and it was a very enjoyable game. It was one of the earliest video games I remember playing, if not the first actual video game I played in general, and it was a really fun memory on the PS2 as well. Even though the game is pretty dated in some areas, um, outside of the original Crash Bandicoot, uh, another game I remember playing was Scooby-Doo and the Cyber Chase on the PS1. It's one of the few licensed games that I played that. I Actually, no, I shouldn't say it's one of the first licensed games I played. I played a bunch of licensed games across different consoles and whatnot. I'll say this. It was one of the first games I remember playing and having good memories of at the time. I wasn't good at that game either. I got to World 3... Uh, which was like the ice world, and I couldn't get past the la- that phantom virus boss fight. That's the farthest I ever got, and I went back and replayed it a few years ago, and I got farther, but I couldn't stand the game either. The game is severely outdated. It is not a good game at all, but it was one that I remember very fondly from my childhood because I was a huge old-school Scooby-Doo fan. Still am to an extent today, but especially back when I was a kid, I loved the older Scooby-Doo movies, and this game was an encapsulation of my favorite Scooby-Doo movie, uh, Cyber Chase. And like I said, I really enjoyed it at the time, uh, just because being a Scooby-Doo fan, but playing it nowadays, the game is severely dated in its visuals and its controls. The story and the voice acting are just terrible as well. It's not a good game, period, but it's a game I'm still very nostalgic for from that PS2 era, and it is one of the first PS1 games that I had played, so it was a really enjoyable time nonetheless. Um, moving up generations, though, there were other PS1 games that I had played here and there. My gaming tastes and preferences, admittedly, weren't that varied when it came to the PS1 era. There were games here and there that I had played, but I remember the ones I played the most were like the Game Boy Advance and Nintendo DS, were the ones I played a lot when I was a kid, and I have some fond memories of a lot of games on both of those as well, and games I still enjoy to this day, even as an adult. So... But PS1, though, I did have a few core games that I played, but not a ton, especially in comparison to the handheld consoles. When it comes to the PS2 stuff, one of my favorite PlayStation 2 games that I had played as time went on uh, as a kid was Bloody Roar 4. Now, there's another game, too, I'd like to give specific mention to as well from the PS2 era that I played a lot. I mentioned Bloody Roar 4 in the uh, previous episode of this podcast, uh, where I talked with Dennis from Roblox Anonymous about, f- we started off talking about fighting games and whatnot, and branched off with some of the gaming topics, so I recommend you guys go and listen to that, because it was a really good discussion. But we started off talking about fighting games and whatnot, and Bloody Roar 4 was my first ever fighting game. It's, an, it's a genre I've admired a lot more over the years, and have acquired more and more games from that genre, from different series and whatnot, like SNK, Street Fighter, Tekken, you know, series like that. Um, Even Arcana Force, which is a more obscure fighting... It's like an anime-style fighting game series released on the PS2 and the PS3. But Bloody Roar 4 was my first actual fighting game, and I really enjoyed the game. I still argue to this day it is an underrated gem. As I discussed in that previous podcast episode, though, the game is not perfect by any means. The voice acting is awful, the stories are kind of... They're very simple, and they're not very interesting all in all, especially following up from other games in the series, which I have seen as a common critique, but I can't honestly say anything to it because I haven't played any of the bloody Roar, other Bloody Roar games before it. But I think that stuff just adds charm to the game, and it makes it it's so bad it's good kind of thing. But other than that, though, the visuals look really good in the game. The style of transforming into different animals, known as zoanthropes, and having different moves and combos that you can go through are really good. The music I actually really enjoy with each stage as well, although that just might be nostalgia talking. The environments and whatnot, like the different stage settings are kind of bland if you look at them nowadays, especially considering all the detail a lot of other fighting game series even had back during the early PS2 eras, like Street Fighter, for example. But I think it's still charming and good in its own right, and Bloody War 4 I had a ton of fun with. I played through a few of the campaigns I remember as a kid, but never really got super in-depth to it, but it's a game that I remember going back and playing a ton. The character I think I played as the most was Nagi from the game, just because I enjoyed her combat style more, and it was the most frequent one that I remember had played and enjoyed, um, over time anyway. I experimented with different characters and whatnot over the years when I have gone back and replayed it, but honestly, Nagi was the one I played the most from what I remember, but I really enjoyed Bloody War 4. It's still... It's not an amazing game, but it's a very underrated game to this day for me, and I still even thought that back in the day. Uh, Another notable game that comes to mind, and it's one of the more unusual games out there, it's called Samurai Western on the PlayStation 2. This game was such an underrated gem, in my opinion, as well. This game is just fantastic on the PS2 as well. I remember playing this game for the first time when I was a kid, back in, like, middle school, elementary school, and I remember enjoying the game a ton. Uh, One of the earliest... Concepts to me was like you plays the samurai known as Goldril Kiru who comes from Japan, and this takes place in, like, 1800s, like, American West, where he's pursuing his brother, and in a, who, uh, I guess, killed all his friends and then left and ended up working for this tyrant known as Goldberg. Goldriel meets a bunch of people in this Old West town and goes to stop his brother as well as this big businessman from expanding his empire in the West, and, of course, he has a bunch of henchmen and goons that you have to slice your way through and whatnot. Samurai Western's a very good game. It's a hack and slash s game. Um, you have accessories and power-ups that you can equip and whatnot through the different levels, which are all Old West themed in some way. Um, the main combat is with a sword. You don't use guns in this game unless you're playing extra modes, or it's like extra characters, but the main campaign is Bulls Goldrude himself. All the combat is centered around your sword, where you can dodge, you can hack a slash, you can swing, you can have rapid movements, you can deflect bullets. It's basically, it's a sword against, it's the variable bringing the knife to a gunfight kind of scenario. So in this case, while everyone else has ultra-powerful guns at the time, you have a sword, but it works so well, it's so fluid, it's fun. It does get repetitive after a bit, I must admit, but it's it is just a really fun and simple time, and this is a very obscure Atlas title that looks good as well. And the story, again, isn't anything amazing. It's not bad, and neither is the voice acting for that matter. It's decent. It's not amazing. But it's alright. And it's another one of those, it's really charming. It's not so bad, it's good because it's not bad. But it's just really charming to have in the game, period. One thing that this game is severely underrated for as well, outside of a few things I've seen on YouTube, is the soundtrack. The soundtrack in this game is fantastic. I would honestly say every single track in this game does the Old West slash Japanese kind of music very well, even though most of the music score itself is centered around the Old West, obviously. You know, considering the setting that this game has, but I will say though, I remember really enjoying the music as well when I was a kid, and I remember the theme I jam out to the most and still do, and still hope I can find it on YouTube somewhere, is the Wasteland theme. Not uh, the first one you go to in the I'm trying to remember what level it is, like level 13 or 14, where you face up against Jean, one of the the top lieutenant of a Goldberg, who's the main businessman bad guy of the game. with um, the fight you go in against him and his goons, and like the nighttime setting of the Wasteland, that theme is so. Good. It encapsulates this action-y theme while also having that somber, melodic Old West, like loneliness out in the middle of nowhere, fighting to the death kind of theme. It's, It's really good. So, the soundtrack in this game was fantastic, and I just remember enjoying this game so much as a kid. It's a game that I went back and replayed many times, and I enjoyed... I remember specifically playing this one one night before I went to bed for school and whatnot, and I got really into the game. It's one of the few times I remember doing that as a kid, because, again, most of my gaming experience that I remember was, like, the handheld scene, not really so much the consoles, but I will say I enjoyed Samurai Western a lot. The, the other game I wanted to mention, uh, there are others, but I'm just kind of going off the more notable ones right now. This is a probably the most obscure game on this list, period, and a very random one. Uh, for me personally, this game that I remember playing as a kid as well ties into me as a person because I'm really into history. I'm actually going to be a history teacher for college, and of course I just have an affinity for like American history and that kind of thing as well. And so when this game uh, we ended up getting, uh, for the PS2 uh, here at my house, we ended up getting uh, the Civil War game. Uh, developed by History Channel, I believe, or at the very least it was inspired from History Channel. The game is literally a simple recreation of different battles. You play as a soldier, you have very simple objectives, and you play through simulations of sorts of different battles from the Civil War, like Shiloh, Gettysburg, Antietam, you know, that kind of thing. And you get to play as both Confederate and Union soldiers to pretty accurate historical significance and whatnot the cutscenes as well as like the ending like dialogue dump at the end of each of the battles it's a history-based game you play it because you're interested in the civil war you're interested to play something related to it you're interested in learning about the history of some of these battles and whatnot and it is very educational it is really good i recommend checking it out at the very least if you're interested in like history of the civil war as a video game playing itself though it's nothing amazing either it's it's very cheap and whatnot in a lot of ways (laughs) Um, It's not like one of the worst games ever made or anything, but it's very simple from the environments to the graphics to there's no real story or anything to them. You just play through as a soldier on both sides of the war and have different objectives playing through, I guess, simulated versions of them. I mean, there's no real music or anything to speak of either. This is literally just like a Civil War battle simulator of sorts. It's nothing really anything amazing, but it's a game I remember enjoying a lot, even back when I was a kid. And even now, where I'm a lot more into history, I know a lot more about things like the Civil War. I still think the game is a fun enough time. Again, it's not an amazing video game at all, but as a historical record, or as an experience for people to enjoy learning about the Civil War and embracing, like, that kind of history if you're into that kind of thing, then it's a fun enough time, and it's a game I remember really enjoying as a kid as well. Uh, Specific times, like playing it one night... um when I was homesick from school, that game um, I played through, and it was, it was a fun time. There's a lot of good times like that I remember having, and these are just a few of the games that I remember playing like on the PS2. Some of them carried over from the PS1 era because, again, had a PS1 console that eventually ended up dying out, and the PS2 console that I got for my birthday, I guess they kind of replaced it, played PS1 games, and just had a lot more functionality with playing PS2 games in general. And it's just, it was a fun time. There's I've played a lot of good games <clears throat> on my from my childhood on this console. And that's part of the reason why it's my favorite. I've played a lot of good games over the years as well, leading up to my adulthood now. I'm currently playing through Resident Evil 4 at the time of this recording as well, and on the PS2, because I can't play the HD, I can't get used to it on Xbox or any of the other consoles. PS2 works the best, and RE4 is a fantastic game so far. I'm glad to be playing it. I played other obscure titles like Dark Watch, which was like a Capcom... I guess, like, uh, the best way I could describe it is, like, with Doom and Halo S combat and gameplay. But it's about, like, this secret organization known as the Dark Watch, who uh, you play as a guy named Jericho Cross, who was an outlaw infected by the Vampire Lord of the West, and you work with this organization, Dark Watch, to take him down and restore the Old West, because, you know, supernatural forces are occurring now. And all the while, Jericho is turning into a vampire, because he got bit by uh, the Vampire Lord. So it was a good game. I re- I enjoyed that one too. It wasn't anything super amazing or anything. It was a fun enough time. By the time I was done with it, though, with everything, it was just kind of there. It was like yeah, it was it was an experience. It was all right. I mean, those are just two examples that I can remember playing now on the PS Two as well that I really enjoyed. Um, just even thinking back here, uh, the Devil May Cry series was a fantastic experience. I played uh, the first three games. I remember playing on the PS Two as well when I started my gaming resolution last year. When I first started, I played the series for the first time last year. Devil May Cry 1 is a really good game. Devil May Cry 3 is one of my favorite games of all time. Fantastic game. Devil May Cry 2 is not a good game at all, but I still experience them on the PS2. And again, those are just a few examples. There's several other games that are released on the PS2 that I remember really playing and enjoying, like Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, fantastic video games in themselves. Kingdom Hearts 1 on the PS2. Kingdom Hearts 1 on the PS2 was a very difficult game. It's a really good game. It's aged in some ways, but as its own title, it's still really good. But it's aged a lot, and the difficulty spike is definitely there with it. Kingdom Hearts 2, it's just Kingdom Hearts 1, but so much better with the worlds, the story... The visual fidelities, the combat, the keyblade transformation, the keyblades, and everything else that you do. And the soundtrack is obviously just the staple point at this point. In Kingdom Hearts 2, the difficulty spike is really lowered. It is a lot easier game than Kingdom Hearts 1. And I remember playing those games. I beat Kingdom Hearts 2 a few times on the PS2. And it was a really good time. And if it wasn't for playing Kingdom Hearts 1 on the PS2 for the first time at a babysitter's house, and never being been able to experience just other great games from the PS2's library. So what I will say to kind of close off this episode, to kind of keep this shorter for you guys out there, is the PS2, with this history, with the great functions that it brings, with how popular it is, and with my personal experiences both playing games when I was a kid, as well as playing games in a more modern day over the years as I've grown up, this is a fantastic console. If you have never played the PS2, you really need to go and check it out. It is a fantastic game. Some games I argue like Resident Evil 4 are better to play on the original hardware to get that original experience. I understand how people like playing like the new versions on newer consoles because they look better, they might play better, you know. In some cases anyway, not not all the time. But I think it's important to go back and experience it on the original hardware as well. It's like you're playing it when the game first released. RE4, for prime example, is I prefer playing it on the original hardware. I prefer playing on the PS2 over any of the modern HD remasters or anything like that. And it's a really cool staple point of the PS2 because it's left such a legacy with fantastic video games and series that were born on this console and just continued to improve in most cases and are just fantastic reminders of how great this console was granted with the ps2 there was a lot of shovelware and terrible games released on it as well but those other mini games that were released that were actually really good or just amazing that are still remembered today the ps2's legacy holds up even to this day and as someone like me who still loves the console to this day and has so many fun memories of it with the games and the console itself it's just it's a fantastic thing to kind of look back on you know power to the ps2 kind of thing it's It definitely deserves all the acclaim and everything it's gotten over the years, and I hope to those of you who have played it out there, you continue to enjoy it to this day, as well as the games that are on it. And if you haven't experienced it, I seriously recommend checking it out, regardless if you have new ports of the games, because that experience is one I don't think you're going to forget. So. With that in mind, though, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to conclude this episode of the BossCast podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. If you guys want to check the show out on Spotify, check out the link in the description or search BossCast on Spotify. It is a fantastic way to follow the podcast to support us, as well as keeping up to date when new episodes drop immediately. So go check it out on Spotify and actively follow there if you want. Or, of course, follow it back up on your own anchor whenever you have time. And if you guys have any suggestions for future episodes or want to comment on anything I've said about the PS2 in this episode, you can send me a voice memo through Anchor. And if you do that, I will be sure to try and feature it in a future episode. So keep all that in mind. With all that being said, ladies and gentlemen, this has been it for today's episode. Thank you once again for listening. This has been Ryan, a.k.a. DeBoss, from the BossCast Podcast, signing out.